I worry a lot, and, uh, but Jesus told me not to um, in this reading today. I don't know if others out there also worry. Um, I worry about uh, my to-do list, getting things done. There's lots on the to-do list to do, and there's things that end up on the back burner. There's things that never get done, and those things often represent people who get let down because those things don't necessarily get done. It makes me anxious to think about that. Um, I get anxious about money. I don't know if others out there get anxious about money, but am I going to have enough? Is the church going to have enough? You'll hear next week a little update about our finances in our church, and some of you are going to worry. Um, I'm worried about that. Um, then I've got some funny things that, uh, these are kind of those normal ones, but I've got some funny things that I worry about. Um, one is uh, I worry about talking to people. <laughs> Here I am preaching sermons week after week, and that actually causes some anxiety for me is going and, and talking with people, particularly when I was a teenager. I've, I've kind of outgrown this some, but when I was a teenager, I really didn't speak even to friends very much. Uh, until I was about 17 or 18 years old, I really just stayed as quiet as possible and tried to go unnoticed. It was pretty hard in a six foot three frame to go unnoticed, but I, I did everything I could to do that. Um, and so I was, it made me anxious to think about being in front of people or talking to people and things like that. Um, I guess God is trying to cure me of that over time by making me stand up every week and do this. Um, now, this is another curious one. I helped plant a church uh, which was Trinity Presbyterian Church, which amalgamated with St. Andrews and became Prairie Presbyterian Church. So still kind of the same church. And I was really anxious when we first started. And the anxiety was every single week, is anybody going to show up? <laughs> and it's funny, I, I look back on that time and I think, wow, look at us now. You know what, I actually still worry about it. Still worry about it. And there's some Sundays, actually a lot of Sundays, where it's about 5 to 10, and most of you are not here. <laughs> and then about one minute after 10, oh, okay, people are still showing up here. Isn't that great? Um, yeah, I, I worry. In fact, if I didn't worry, I'd probably worry about how I wasn't worrying. Oh, there must be something wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with me that I'm not worrying about something. I don't know. Is anyone with me on this? Do we worry? Are we anxious about things? Might be different things than I am. I think as a church, we can get caught up in this, right? We can get caught up in things like buildings and building plans and budgets. And um, next week, you'll hear about how... Uh, we're, we're going to uh, have a bit of a pledge campaign to try to gauge what our givings might be in 2016 because our givings have, uh, are, are dropping a little bit in 2015. And we're, what are we? Are, we're worried about that. And so we're trying to figure out how can we plan ahead um, to look ahead into the next year. You'll hear more about that next week and in the coming weeks. We worry a lot. But what does God say? 
What does God say about worry? Do not worry. Do not worry, Jesus says. And you'll see in the sermon title, it says, keep calm and carry on. Is it really that easy? I was going to say, don't worry, be happy. Is it really that easy? But that's an older reference, and the keep calm and carry on is way more popular now. So. But is it really that easy? Can, can God just say, well, don't worry about anything, and then, okay, problem solved. Is it really that easy? Now, when we look at this text, we actually find that God, or Jesus, gives us a list of the things that we ought not worry about. And what are, what's that list? Anybody? Yeah, it's a two-item list, basically. <laughs> clothes and food. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about food. Because look how God takes care of uh, the lilies of the field. Look how they're clothed. Look how God takes care of the birds. He feeds them. So he's going to feed you. He's going to clothe you. What this tells me is, is that Jesus was talking to people who were worried about what? Clothes and food, yeah. That wasn't in my list. I don't have to worry about food and clothes. What a blessing. Jesus is talking to people who have to worry about where tomorrow's lunch is going to come from because they don't have it. Why am I worrying at all? I don't have that worry. I'm not worrying about where my clothes are going to come from. My parents yesterday asked me, what do you want for your birthday? My birthday's coming up this week, by the way. Um, so just put that out there. So they asked me, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I don't know. I've got a couple of things, but they're actually pretty expensive, so I don't want to put that on my parents, because most of the little things, like clothes and food, I, I don't need those. Like, that's taken care of. What am I worrying about at all? Is this text for us? Because these people were worrying about where lunch is coming from tomorrow. Look at the birds, Jesus says. God feeds them. God provides for them. And, and then what does Jesus say? Are you not more valuable than they? Let's not miss that line. Are you not more valuable than they? Whatever you're worrying about, God is there to take care of you. Are we going to trust in God, or are we going to keep worrying about those things? If this, this weird worry of mine, is anybody going to show up to church on Sunday? Well, you know, at 5-2, at there actually are people here. There's people who've come here to practice. There's people who've come here. Uh, Sheldon is coming here faithfully pretty much every week to set up the sound system. It all has to be plugged in every single week. And uh, there's, there are people here, and there's a few people who do arrive early, and I'm very thankful for you. Thankful for all of you. But if there was only eight people here, well, wouldn't we praise God 
And shouldn't we be thankful for those eight people who've come together to praise God today? And I'm happy when there's more. That's great. But I shouldn't be worrying about how many more. God loves us, wants to provide for us. We are more valuable than the birds. We're more valuable than the grass. That's for sure. Uh, Jesus says, consider the lilies. God clothes the grass. And the grass just, you know, what's it going to do really soon? Here, we're going to see what happens to the grass. It withers. And here, we don't throw it in the fire. It just gets frozen to death. (laughs) You know, it's going to be covered in snow. Jesus says it it withers and it gets thrown into the fire. It's perishable. And look how God just loves it and cares for it throughout the the summer. And there's flowers and these beautiful uh, yellow flowers that pop up everywhere in our grass dandelions, right? Like God clothes the grass with this beautiful yellow flower, which we cut down. But anyway. But look how God cares for his creation. And you know what? We are God's crowning achievement in creation. If he does that with the grass, will not he clothe you God knows your need. God knows your need. It might not be the food and the clothes, but we have real needs. And God knows what it is. Will he not provide? You are so valuable to him. So what ought we to do... um, We're going to get busy not worrying, that's for sure. We know what not to do. Don't worry. And I think there is a key to not worrying, and and maybe this is confession time for me saying I worry so much because then you can just figure out the implication is I'm not doing the key uh, quite as well or as much as I should. Jesus says, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. What are all these things? Food and clothes, right? So Jesus is not saying here, if you're wishing for a fancy sports car, then strive for the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you, right? He's saying your needs will be taken care of, striving for the kingdom of God, food and clothes. That's what he's talking about. So strive for the kingdom of God. This, I think, is the antidote to anxiety, to worry. Strive for the kingdom of God. Well, how do we, how do, we do that? Um, I think, actually, Jesus has given us a couple of things embedded in this reading today to help us figure out how to strive for the kingdom of God. First of all, look around you. And you see the birds of the air. You see uh, the flowers of the field. And... I saw a beautiful sunset. Some of you might have seen pictures that I took of a beautiful sunset last night out at uh, Lester Beach on Lake Winnipeg. Wow. Creation. And, And then, but go the extra step and realize, and I'm more valuable to God than what I'm seeing. I'm God's crowning achievement of all of this. Understand your value to God. Do that first. Now, today is Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. 
And it's a great reminder, isn't it? We, in some ways, we shouldn't have thanksgiving, right? We shouldn't, because the Christian life is supposed to be a life of thanksgiving. Every day should be thanksgiving for the Christian. This is an antidote to worry. This is an antidote to anxiety. This is seeking God's kingdom, because seeking God's kingdom is seeking God. And when you seek God and you're in God's presence, your automatic response to God ought to be thanksgiving. That'll be coupled, of course, with wonder and awe at God, a feeling of possible insignificance, but then you've got to make the leap to, I might feel insignificant in God's presence, but God has lifted me up. God values me. And if you look around in your life, you'll start to see all the things that we ought to be thankful for, that we are, in fact, thankful for in our hearts. We t- Thanksgiving sometimes makes me think that, okay, the rest of the year we're taking these things for granted, and then on Thanksgiving we'll decide, oh, right, we're not supposed to take those things for granted. It's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be thankful each day for what God is doing and what is around us. So how do we strive first for the kingdom? I think it starts with thankful praise. Actually offer the thanksgiving to God. Not just, we do this thing around the dinner table and thanksgiving, it's a nice thing to do, to say, well, what were you thankful for this year? And that's a nice thing to reflect on. But it's better to go a step further and actually give it to God. We're thankful to God for this. And actually pray. And I think prayer itself starts with thankful praise. You'll notice the prayers that we do on Sunday morning, quite often, we'll start with thank you to God. Right? We don't just have one prayer of thanksgiving in our service. Usually we have one around the offering, but often near the beginning we'll even thank God. We'll thank God for God's word to us. But this is how our lives need to be oriented as well, is thanking God in prayer, thankful praise. God, you are so good, and I'm thankful for what you've done. So how do you strive first for the kingdom of God? The number one tool that we have is prayer. You can start by looking around, but it's got to turn into a prayer of thankful praise to God. The number one tool in striving first for the kingdom is praying. See, we we can take this striving first or seeking first the kingdom of God, and we can turn that into working hard for God. And I, I do that a lot. And it's... I'm not saying we should work hard for God, but it's not the same thing. We can, get all, we can do all kinds of busy things and do all kinds of Bible studies and uh, feel like we've got to go out and serve, and those are all good things and we should do them. But the number one thing, striving first to the kingdom, is the number one thing that connects us directly to God, and that's prayer. I get trapped in working hard for God, and then what do I start forgetting? I forget that my first tool or my first weapon in the kingdom work for God is prayer. I like the word strive, even though it's probably not the best translation. It's in the NRSV. Almost every other English translation has the word seek, the kingdom of God. I like strive because it sounds like fight and struggle. 
But even seek, and I see why they've put strive in there, because it, seek in Greek in this context actually means to seek by inquiring, to investigate, to reach uh, investigate something in order to reach a binding resolution. It's getting to the bottom of the matter. It actually sounds like harder work than it really is. It's not just kind of, well, look around and see if you can see the kingdom somewhere, that kind of seeking. It's really going after it. It's like striving. And I I don't know what helps you the most in thinking about prayer. Some, some people, it's helpful to think of prayer as a tool or as an instrument. That, well, how do I do that seeking? How do I do that investigative work? How do I get to the bottom of the matter of, of figuring out and finding the kingdom of God? Well, the tool that you use to do that is prayer. Others might find tool is not quite the right word. They might think weapon is the right word. That really this is a struggle and a fight and I've got to go in there and I've got to fight to find this kingdom of God. I've got to fight for the kingdom. And the weapon I take into that fight is prayer. That's the weapon that's used. I don't mind which metaphor you use. You might have another one to understand what prayer is. But we've got to be doing it. Daily. What would this church look like? What would our lives look like if we strove first for the kingdom of God through daily prayer? Now, I know you're not all doing that. I know that because I'm not doing that. And we'll walk around and we'll be worried about all kinds of things. We'll be anxious. And we'll be thinking, oh, I wish I could just not. Like, oh, I'm so worried about this. I'm anxious about that. And we've even forgotten to pray about what we're anxious about. That, that, that's not even getting to the, to the kingdom prayer, the striving for the kingdom. We haven't even taken our anxiety to God in prayer. And if you need a starting place and there's something that's just preying on your mind, then start by going daily and praying to God. Other prayer will come. Thankful praise will come. If you need to just start with what you're anxious about or worried about, start there. I mean, what would it look like if we actually, if we actually did that? So let's do that. I mean, let's find out. Let's find out what it looks like. Let's do it. Let's pray every day. Let's strive for God's kingdom. We can do that. It's actually not hard to pray. It, I, the weapon analogy is not to make you think it's a fight and struggle to pray. No, no, no. It's a fight and struggle to work for the kingdom of God. And we've been given this great gift to make it so much easier because it's not our fight. Right? It's God's fight. And so we pray to God, we connect with God. And he's the one who provides for our needs and cares for us. He's the one who shows us the kingdom. What would it look like if we really did that? Um, I have a friend I heard about this week who's a pastor in a church in Nova Scotia. And 
I mean, we shouldn't be surprised by this, but this church was having some financial trouble. I mean, I don't know. Have you heard of churches that have some financial trouble? But um, they looked like they were going to be about $15,000 short of what they needed for the year. It's actually ours. We're, we're a little worse off than that. Now, what they decided to do as a church was they said, we don't really know what to do, so let's pray every night of the week. Church will be open, 7 o'clock. People can come, and we'll pray for God to provide. And in that week, in the course of the week, outside of the regular Sunday offering, $5,000 extra came in, a third of the way there in one week. And then, then they moved another 10000 out of uh, some investment that they had in order to cover the, the budget shortfall. But that decision to move the money from the investment, apparently there was quite a few people who said, no, 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 like, why are we only giving God a week? Because it's only September, and maybe we should be praying every day for longer. They didn't win the argument. I, the, they wanted a balanced approach. I mean, they're Presbyterians, after all, right? Like, the, let's have a balanced approach to this. Um, and I'm not saying we have to do that. I'm just saying here's an example of a church that decided we're going to figure out how do we trust God in this, how do we seek the kingdom, and using prayer as the tool for what looks like a very earthly problem, right? Um, but that's the kind of thing we need to do in our lives as well. Prayer is the tool for seeking God for what might look like a very worldly kind of problem. Um, also this week, and this is why what's influencing my message this morning so much, is we had a fantastic day here, I think, on Wednesday this past week. We had prayer group in the afternoon, um, which is often just about four people. Um, we had two Bible studies that took place here, and uh, between everything that happened on Wednesday, it was maybe about 25 different people who were here in the building participating in some kind of ministry. That's actually really good. Um, but prayer seemed to be happening, not just in the prayer group, but in all of these different things in the church. And it just seemed like the Spirit was at work to remind us uh, of the importance of prayer. And so one of the things that I did was with, um, with Jen and Evangeline, the other two uh, people who are on staff here, uh, we prayed together, and then we wrote down on the wall you can see it in the office if you want, wrote down. The number one thing we do here is pray. And then the next sentence said, if we think we don't have time to pray, then we will stop what we're doing and we'll pray anyway. And then we're going to write down every day the date when we've prayed in that, in that office, um, whether it's one of us or all together. Um, so now I've told you publicly so you can go in and check that, and if it's blank, <laughs> then you can say, Pastor, the number one thing we do in this church is pray. And you've got to do that before you do everything else. And that's how our lives should be as well. The number one thing we do as Christians is pray. Are we less worried? Are we less anxious? You have the creator of the universe that you get to communicate with and talk to about your worrying, your anxiety. And when was the last time we did that? Might have been this morning. For some of you, it might have been months ago. So let's take time to connect with God in prayer, strive for his kingdom.
and to put anxiety away.